As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I just want a passing note, your mean Mercedes. I'm back on his baseball card market. (laughs) It's a good time to get back on. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the greatest moment of your life. It's the beginning of us taking things seriously here on Under <laughs> We got a very stern statement from Derek Van Riper, which is as stern as he gets, was very nice and passive. But <laughs> seriously. We gotta start taking these shows seriously. So with me as always, the very serious Ian Khan. Hello, my friends. My friend and yours, Derek Van we're going to take things seriously is just like the old, it's Thursday night and I'm not going to drink that much beer tonight that you'd throw out there in college. And then you'd wake up Friday morning wishing that you didn't wake up. It's true. <laughs> so well, true. We're rocking and rolling now. So here's today's show. It's, I mean, I guess it's kind of crunch time. I still don't believe the season's going to start until like June, but you know, we'll just redo this show later with two new people. Like the old Dukes of Hazard, that one season they were on strike. We're going to talk about the DH. DH is coming to the National League for sure. And I think we've kind of baked some of this stuff into our analysis, but we haven't really talked about it. Um, there was a great article on The Athletic, which came out concurrently with me writing the rundown about who the designated hitter candidates are for each team. And it's by the beat writers. It's, it's great. It's a fantastic uh, column. And it gives you a second opinion, I guess, if you've been looking at roster resources to see who they're plugging in at DH. Um, so, you know, just opinions. No one's right or wrong. We'll find out later. So we're going to get into some DH candidates in the National League. Um, you know, does, does Nelson Cruz's value go up? Who knows? And then what I did was I went through like just the, some of the top guys because I figured if we're going to be serious, we start at the top a little bit. Who in that 30 to you know 80 range of ADP is going to make a leap? Uh, we might not even get to that. I don't know. And then some other questions and stuff like that. And then I'm sure Ian didn't put anything in here. Oh, yes, he did. It's an appraising, appraising email. Um, from Joseph B. <laughs> well, that wasn't we'll that wasn't that. the point. Yeah. All right, I almost, just, I almost just... <laughs> cut it out for that. Just 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 to just to avoid that, I almost cut out. But I I, I figured it said it was talking about how much he enjoyed the podcast, so I figured I'd keep it in. But I knew I'd get a little something there. But yes, go ahead, sir. So we're gonna get into all that stuff. Let's rock and roll. You guys got anything you want to talk about first? No, I'm good. Let's. I'm good. DVR. I'm good. All right. So I put a fake question there, number one, uh, for Ian. I don't think we're going to answer. We, you want me to yeah, bring that let's up? Let's Nah. I, I got that email from someone. Someone asked me. <laughs> right. By okay. the way, the end of last show was edited out by Derek Van Riper. What, what do you mean? What happened? He cut out the end. 
Did he? Yeah, he cut out his for the guy. Oh, okay. That's fair. Well, he had every right to cut out his for the guy. I, was, I, gotta, I don't even remember what it was, but I remember thinking, uh, he's not going to like that. And I, he, he He's the one with the edit button, my friend. I know. So he has that right to do that. You want to take over the editing, boom. We've got corporate responsibility more than ever. <laughs> so I need to well, we, protect my job. <laughs> all right, let's get into it. Universal DH. Uh, DVR. Is the first thing you do with Universal DH being now basically widely accepted bring up nelson cruz very like nelson cruz kyle schwarber seem like the two obvious ones um how high up do you bring them now seeing that their their market has just doubled i think it actually the only way it would really increase the value of those guys for me is if they landed on better teams in the national league that previously wouldn't have been interested in them but I mean, Kyle Schwarber was a Cub that signed with the Nationals and then got moved to the AL and started playing first base last year. So uh, I look at it more from a which player was blocked on the depth chart previously who could end up playing more because of the DH. Because I think more teams than not, even in the AL for the last several years, tend to mix and match in that spot. I mean, if you look at the number of, of UT-only players in the pool right now, it's a pretty short list, probably about seven or eight players and only half or so are relevant to a lot of mixed leagues so i think it's more of let's go to a team well like the brewers for example i guess since i love the brewers how does it impact a team like that i think it makes rowdy telez safer because you could have a world where rowdy telez and keston hira both exist as near everyday guys like maybe rowdy still sits against some tough lefties and Keston here is actually in there almost every day as the DH. Or if they like here is defense better, they switch them. But it was harder for those two guys to be everyday players with the way that roster was built without the DH. So I kind of go team by team and, and try and solve the puzzle that way. Ian Khan? Uh, yeah, I'm very similar. Okay. You know, it's it, it's less on the on the high end for me of the guys and more guys uh, looking at this really cool article like Yoshi Tsutsugo or uh, J.D. Davis might get some time. Definitely Dominic Smith is somebody who I think is going to get more time. Keston Hura, as he said. Garrett Cooper, who we're going to talk about, I think, a little later in the show. Yeah, those are there. the guys. Yeah, those are the guys, to me, that are going to get much more playing time than we would have expected otherwise. So it, it, the people who are really keeping track of this while they're doing their drafts these days are going to can find really good values. They can find Garrett Cooper was still available with pick 500. And if he's getting every day at bats, then his injury issues are always a, a, a question and what position he's going to play, blah, blah, blah. So the, the idea that he's going to get every day at bats as a designated hitter is, uh, is very appealing, you know? So that, I think that's the place where it also someone looking at this article, still someone like Justin Turner, who would only play 120 games. He might get closer to I mean, the injury issue always with him, but he might get closer to 145 games. Hmm. That's a good point. You know, yeah. Which which would raise his value up quite a bit and maybe keep him healthier. By the way, I forgot. I'm doing a. You guys did Sheen ask you guys to do some of his best balls? No. Nope. So Sheen's doing nope. a best ball. With, I mean, don't feel bad. It's it's he's doing it for his lifetime subscribers, and he's you know he asks like some of us to kind of like get in there and and do some of it because we're friends with Sheen. I am. I don't know if you guys. I don't know, whatever. Sheen's great, man. Yeah, he's the Sheen's man, right? Great. Yeah, absolutely. I really like Joe a lot. So uh, it's a it's a best ball ten. And you know what? I love the I love the NFC, but I can never figure out how to get to the team that I'm drafting. There's like no big draft room button. You got to go through like 17 sub menus. Check out this team so far through four uh, four rounds. This is a 12 it's a 10 team. team, but is it it's 10? A, 
ten. You just said it was a ten team. League. No, no, the ten means ten dollars. Oh, okay, ten dollars. Right. Okay, so it's a twelve team league. Top four rounds. It's going to be good. How did you choose? Ronald Acuna Jr. with my first pick. I got so I what got pick, what round? What 11th. pick in the draft? I'm number eleven. Great, love that. That's great. And then I came around. I got Mike Trout. Okay. And then I got Julio Urias, and then Aaron Judge. Mm-hmm. This Very is like, good. this is a points. This is like a points league. Oh, it's a points league. Yeah. Oh, it's, okay. it's, so it's then a, even better. Then I like it even more because then you don't have to worry about you don't have to worry about speed. Well, yeah, and also I don't think I have to worry about closers. I mean, I should, but I don't think I have to speculate in February on closers. I think I could just stack it with starters and get all those points. Yeah, you can. That's a that's a yeah. That's a that that's good. That's good. I, at first, I was thinking from a roto perspective, do I like a? I mean, if you started a twelve team with Acuna, Trout, Urias, and Judge, that's pretty slam dunk championship right there. I mean, it's it's certainly it's certainly going to cover you for home runs, RBIs, and runs. Um, average pretty good too. So yeah, it, it's a decent start. It's not as much speed as as you might need to get. I mean, it's it's so everything is so speed dependent these days. But then I could just get like a speed guy in a couple rounds and be fine. Maybe, but who? I mean, who who in the in the in the few rounds later? This is like one of the challenges, right? Tommy Edmond? I mean, are you going to pay the, no, the, the Tommy premium Edmund on, on Tommy Edmond? Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't really want Tommy Edmond on my team either. I mean, wait, are we, are we assuming that Acuna's not a speed? Sorry, man, this is just clicking in my head. Are we just assuming Acuna's never going to steal bases again? No, I think Acuna is definitely again going to steal bases, but I don't know that this year, coming off the injury, if you're going to see 30 stolen bases out of him or 25 stolen bases, you might see 15. I'd be happy with And 15. then. And well, maybe, but then I mean, again, if we were thinking of this from a roto perspective, Trout's going to give you like four, five. Judge is going to give you four, no, five. Trout, so you're I'm ten from Trout. Nah, he's six not from running. Judge. But he's not. It's six from Judge, I think, is right. Uh, but Trout's not running. And and if you think about the injury issues and the danger for Trout, and I don't know if we talk about this much, the danger for him is he doesn't have DH availability much because Otani's playing every day, right? So it's like you can't even take him off his feet once or twice a week, which on another team you'd be able to do because you're never going to keep Otani out of your lineup. Otani's got to play every day, and the only position he's going to play is DH. And even then when he's pitching, that takes the DH spot, you know? So it's 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 complicated for Trout that way, and I think that more important than getting the – I think the time Trout steals bases – is very game dependent. It's the seventh inning. They're down two to one. Runner on first, one out. He goes for it, right? But it's not. It's no longer the days of hey, I'm on first. I'm going to second. It's just a very because of the the calf issue and and all the other issues. DVR, you you you, you picking up what I'm putting down? Yeah, I mean, I think I could see ten or twelve steals from Trout. He stopped running, I think, because of health, not because he was no longer good at it. If we go back He's to... He's so fast. Yeah, we go back to his last full healthy season in 2019. He was 11 for 13 as a base dealer. And I think sometimes it's it's easy to take a, take a trend on a player like Trout. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt was a good example of this in the last couple of years. And you say, oh, they're on the wrong side of 30, or once they hit 30, the steals go away. And that's generally a, a safe approach. Sometimes they don't. <laughs> it's just... So I, I, I'm expecting more like eight to ten from trout if he gets you 15 or 20 that's amazing don't amazing. don't bank on it and if he only gets you two like that's also not shocking either just because of where he's at in his career super helpful advice right no well i mean it works because you add it up. i mean like through three rounds now i have 25 to 30 steals and i think that's okay i think you can play that way i think what it forces you to do when you start with a foundation like that where you're taking 
just legitimately like the best overall hitters at each spot. It just forces you to make sure you're getting fives and sevens and a few tens from other players. I don't think you have to go out and, and get a 25 or 30 steel guy who has shaky skills otherwise, right? So if you don't believe in Tommy Edmonds' profile, I, I must like Tommy Edmonds a little more than the field because I hear, I don't, I don't listen to a lot of stuff, I don't read a lot of stuff, but when I when I see or hear anything about Edmonds, it skews to the, yeah, I don't really want him at the price kind of range. And I'm more like, yeah, I think he's sort of, Sort of like the rare safe speedster in that range when you can fall into a lot of quicksand. Otherwise, uh, I think it's fine to get more balanced speed. And I think it leaves you in a much better place than you know being the person that took the early flyer on Adalberto Mondesi for the last several years. I know it's just one example, but I think when you put a third of the steals you need, or maybe even more of that, depending on how deep the league is, you put all of that weight onto one player, and then you lose that player, you're turfed in that category. But if you spread it around, if you have nine or ten different hitters who are all projected to give you something useful in steals, and most of them come through, you're going to do well in the category. And if one or two of them run more than you expect, you could actually finish top three in the category without having to pay the tax for a player with some pretty significant flaws. Take that, Ian. Yeah, that's good points. But it requires it requires a lot of extra work throughout the entire draft because there's a lot of dudes in the pool that are great players that will not run at all. Like, and I end up with a lot of those guys, so I, it forces me to be a little more aggressive with steals. Uh, like Corey Seager. Is Corey Seager going to steal bases? No. Anthony nope. Rendon, is he going to steal bases? No. If I like those guys, and I know I'm chasing those guys in the middle, I have to get speed early. And if I don't get speed early... I have to have my pivots away from those players that I really like later because they're not going to work as far as getting that that balanced roster. I don't know. I just yeah. I, I, more and more, I tend toward the let me build bit by bit, brick by brick. You know, I just like it for the reasons DVR said. All right, let's get to the run. Let's get to these DHs. Enough of that side note. But shout out to Joe Sheehan. Uh, so I've become obsessed with Dalton Varsho. That's the first thing I wanted to talk about. Well, actually, I just want a passing note. Your mean Mercedes. I'm back on his baseball card market because I think <laughs> it's a good time to get back on. Yeah, you get I, I don't know. But it hurt you so bad the first time. I'm so I feel like as your friend, really we should hurt him. No, well, I still can sell it now and make money. According Joey, to Joey, uh, Joey on eBay really left okay. him in a bad spot. Yeah, but it didn't hurt him because he bought him cheap. So it's not like he paid a hundred bucks and then tried to sell him for three hundred dollars. Yeah, that was the I still have though. his address saved in a photo. Well, I can still send for him anyone. Yeah, I can still do it. Oh my god, that's so. Weird. You know what I'm gonna do? do I'm gonna go to Ian's do post office and send it from there. <laughs> <laughs> from the Bronx. That's insane. There you That'll go. Throw him off. <laughs> Who yeah, have I wronged? <laughs> In this affluent neighborhood. <laughs> I really want to talk about Dalton Varsha. All right, let's talk I, about Varsha. Dalton Varsha. I really do. I. I can't. I can't believe nobody's on him like I am. I mean, people are on him. He's getting picked in top 100 in in drafts. I, I just have a nervous, scared spot on him. DVR, what do you do? You have a. We know Nando's all in. Okay, just bought a bunch of his rookie cards on Thursday. He says 300 with a 25-20 potential, and it's going to be his 2022 obsession. Okay, so that's that's Nando. We know where he's at. DVR, what do you think of Dalton Varsho? I kind of like him as a player. I think there's a, a pretty good hit tool. There's enough power for him to be dangerous, and there's legit speed. And he's not really a catcher, but it, not in the ways that previous players have been bumped off the position are. Like he's he's so capable of playing other spots that he doesn't have to catch. 
but it creates this weird problem where for geez, it felt like for almost a, a whole half of, of last season, he was playing less than he should. And I could not figure out why, because it wasn't like the D backs were loaded. They had had a depth chart that I think was weak enough and flexible enough to make time for him. It was only a 318 OBP last year, but you know, we're talking about a guy that debuted in pandemic year one, didn't get regular playing time until the second half, and actually cut the K rate quite a bit last year. 21.3% K rate for a young player. I'll take that in this day and age. He puts the ball in the air a lot. His, his like alternative position from catcher is center field. To me, that that gets him on the field and gets him to play. So the projections are a little light in terms of, of average and OBP. I think that's where, from like a real-life perspective, you can see the clear downside. But he does all the things we need a player to do to be exceedingly valuable with catcher eligibility. It all comes back to price, though, right now. If you told me two months ago, you can have Dalton Varsho in the pick 130 to 150 range, I was very comfortable with that. His ADP since February 1st in the NFBC leagues is 90. So you're talking about the end of the sixth round of a 15-team league. You're passing on... You're passing on like Brian Reynolds, Bobby Witt Jr., who I'm not really into in redraft. Chris Bryant is there. So I know getting Carlos speed. Correa is there. Carlos Correa is there. Bellinger's bounce back is possibly sitting Alex for you Bre- there. Alex Bregman, if you're into that, has slipped yeah. all the way down. It's a lot of guys that have longer track records that maybe they're coming back from injuries. But I love, I love so many other players in that range that the idea of being able to get 15 or 20 steals from a catcher eligible player while that's fun, I don't think the price makes sense here. I could see myself getting Varsho in auction situations where I'm not choosing him over a dozen players with better track records that I like more when my turn comes up. I could see that happening. Yeah, at a, at a discounted price. I, I think what I have in my head and I can't get out of my head is his 2020 season when he first came up. And so I'm falling into the same trap that people fall into, which is, you know, he comes up. He's a he's a prospect who's always been a prospect. Um, I don't I don't get it. I mean, I get it, but I don't I don't trust it personally. I just don't. I mean, he hit 188. I mean, it was only 101 at bats. In 115 plate appearances, he does steal. I mean, there's no question about it. It's just, I had the same question. Why was he not playing every single day last year? Was it injury? I mean, did did I miss the injury? I just remember seeing lineups where he wasn't playing. And Arizona, like you said, I mean, they had nobody that they had to play. It's like it's like the Knicks right now. It's like, like play your kids. If you're not going to compete and you're not going to win, play your kids. I don't know why they didn't play Varsho. I just don't understand it. The numbers are pretty, you know, 11 home runs in 2021, six stolen bases. So you extrapolate that over a complete season. You're looking at 22 home runs and 12 stolen bases. That's pretty cool. I get it. But not a pick 90. Just not for me. I mean, just not for me. I, I Not even not even a consideration for me. Were you guys at, at auction 21? Tw- Would you go as high? No way. Oh, no, I was like, like, mid, mid-teens, like like 15 or so. And it, it, yeah, if if I get him there, I'm happy. And if someone else wants to pay more, then I'm okay letting him go somewhere else. I just don't know that I would want him more than I want. I mean, 90, where's Will Smith going? 77? I mean, how much are you paying for Will Smith? Probably uh, 20. In a two-catcher, deep two-catcher league, probably 20. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that makes sense to me. And then to, I mean, I almost, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't know, I, I just don't trust it. it I, I, I rather 
pay $2 for Omar Narvaez later in the draft and save that money to pay for even Tommy Edmond. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I just can't. I'm not on board with this. Well, how about this? I'm not on board. Put him up against Bobby Witt Jr. And even like, well, maybe, uh, no, I don't think you can do Spencer Torkelson. No, I wouldn't. I don't want any of those guys. I don't want anybody fun on my teams. <laughs> I'm not interested. But it in works. That. You keep like, winning. I'm, you keep winning. Well, yeah, but but I, I didn't win with anybody fun. I won with Cedric Mullins for three bucks, Robbie Ray for four bucks, and uh, Frankie Montas for 10, John Means for 10. I mean, that's where I won. I won with guys that people weren't big on. It's funny that those all guys, those guys all became fun with the exception of Means. Like, I don't know what that guy uh, has mean, to come do on, to Means be has exciting. his own coffee. He's got his own yeah, coffee. Yeah, he pitches well in a difficult division in a difficult park that became a little easier to pitch in. Really good whip. That was the thing that I've, I've noticed yeah, with John was, Means, like surprisingly good there. It's funny how the, the guys that people don't like that, that end up being early rounders or shooting up the board compared to where they were the previous year. They're fun the year after that. No, I don't want the fun ones after that. I don't. I'm not buying Robbie Ray. I'm not buying Cedric Mullins. I'm I, Jamer Candelario was a huge benefit to that team. David Fletcher was a huge benefit to the team. Jose Iglesias. I may remember this was an AL only team, but you know that's that's where I want to win. So Glenn, is Gleyber Torres in your crosshairs this year? Gleyber Torres big is time. very much in my Gary Sanchez big time in your crosshairs this year. Yeah, I wouldn't say big time, but he's uh, he look. Do I want to spend fifteen dollars on Dalton Versho or four dollars on Gary Sanchez? I'd rather spend the four dollars on Gary Ch- Sanchez, but I could be dead wrong. Look, if if Varsho gets five hundred at bats and hits two fifty and gives you nineteen home runs and thirteen stolen bases, I will have been wrong. Yeah, four hundred bats. You're talking about at-bats. shortened season, right? Yeah, that's right. That's true. So, all right, 360 <laughs> at bats, whatever it is. Like he plays in 100 in 80 percent of the games, right? That's what you want your catcher to play in, ideally. But he's not going to be catching. He's going to be DHing now. I would assume. I mean, I know everyone's talking Seth Beer, but I think it's going to be Varsho, who they've moved around so much because they don't like him as a catcher. I just, but I mean, are we really taking him in the sixth round? Are you really taking him over Alex Bregman? Are you really taking him over Chris Bryant? I mean, I guess. Maybe. Well, Brian might be in the same boat. I mean, Brian could sign anywhere now in DH too. Yeah, absolutely. And he's but Brian also has. I guess it's just the how much extra are you willing to pay for the catcher? Like, I'd rather pay if if you're paying fifteen for Varsho. Who would you rather have? Fifteen for Varsho or ten for Wilson Contreras? Probably ten for Varsho. Contreras. But it's it, that one. That one's close. Ten for Contreras for me, hundred percent. What's Contreras's ADP right now? It's only not even twenty picks later, like one hundred two. Okay. Maybe so, dollar I mean, values are messed up. Maybe you got to go 15 12. Okay, 15 12. 15 Who are you 13. Taking? 15 13. Fine, fine. Who are you taking? Wilson Contreras or Dalton Varsho? I'm still taking Varsho. I think 15 is reasonably fair for Varsho. I just, I think That's, this is a pure snake trap problem where I just see too many players that I have a lot more confidence in available in that same window. And I, I'd rather have those players than, than Varsho. DVR, would you drop? draft leagues and try to pick up more auctions if that's the case because I've done that before I would need several players in that situation that I, I liked and couldn't draft to, to like completely change the balance of my leagues but I wish I, I guess I wish that the the auction championships were where all the interest was I understand like Me pre- too. like previously it had to be the way it was because the the software wasn't wasn't even there. Like they didn't have good auction software you know, 12 years ago, 15 years ago when the NFPC started to become big. But 
I like auctions better. I, I think they're so just much more fun to play. Snake drafts are fine, but I really wish every big, big league, and they have an auction championship. So it's the, the question you have to make if you're going to play main event or auction championship. If you can't afford to play both, you're lucky enough to be able to afford one. Do you play the one that is bigger with the bigger overall prize, or do you play the one that you're better at? Because that's, I, I've had a lot more success in auctions a lot more over the years so i feel a bit foolish if i can only choose one playing the main event in, in any given year and not playing the auction championship are you guys doing gdd yes i am doing gdd yep. as of now i am yeah are you doing gdd no i don't think i can do it i think that's one of them i'm gonna drop i know we do this every year and i don't want to make it about me i'm just wondering if you guys i think i love everybody in the league love everybody in the league tom kasenich just to move forward for a second posted last night what I didn't, I mean, I just didn't even know about this, which is just shows my foolishness. But Tom Kucinich posted an auction from last night, the first number of rounds. Okay, and here, Dalton Versho went for 13, and Wilson Contreras went for 13. Hey, look at uh, that. Uh, Will Smith went for 18. JT Realmuto went for 20. Grandall went for 14. And I was like, oh, my God, I just want to do this just for fun. Like, I'm going to do one of these 150. I just have to find the right night to do it. And I'm going to do a $150 auction just for the practice and just to sort of get a smell for where everyone's at. Because it's just so darn interesting if you look at the numbers. And this isn't a full board. This is just a, a partial board. But, you know, you got Freddie Freeman, 29, Matt Olson, 23, Goldschmidt, 23, Alonzo, 28, you know, DJ LeMahieu ten. Like I, I could go. I could. I could have a, 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 just like it's like eating dessert. It's like this is just too much fun to even just think about. Like Altuve seventeen. It, you, would you rather have a seventeen dollar Altuve or a thirty four dollar Ozzy Albies? I have my answer. I don't know if you guys have your answer, but I know who I would rather in that. I'm just throwing that out there. Who would you rather I have? say with your with your new? You found love for boring players. It's probably Altuve. DBR, who would you no, but who would you rather have? Not who would I rather have Albies at thirty four dollars? Okay, DBR. Oh, who I'm would sorry, you sorry, I wasn't even. I wasn't. I was actually looking up the lobby. What are the, were the dollar values again? <laughs> thirty four dollars for Albies versus seventeen dollars for Altuve. Oh, then I definitely want Altuve. El, Altuve every single time. Every single time. I mean, and then Jazz Chisel nineteen. I mean, that's so much fun to me. Like. I, I, I just love this. And actually, the guy who took Varsho is the same guy who took Chisholm. So he, he's getting his speed. for, And he's got Tommy Edmond for $17. Oh, that's too much. Oh, you know no. why? There's probably, there's probably an overall. Well, I think there's an overall component to it. So I'm, I, I am, and Corey Seager only $18. That's so wild. Oh, geez, Louise, that's wild. It's just like these, these to me, like, oh, a guy got taken in the fourth round. A guy got taken in the sixth round. It's not as much fun. It's not as interesting. It's not as much of a like, wow, like look at that. Marcus Simeon, 22 bucks. Like, that's a good deal, man. 22 bucks for Marcus Simeon is that's pretty. Whoever got him for $22. And same team. This might be my favorite team of all of them. He got Simeon for 22. He got Wander Franco for 19. And he got Bregman for $15. Paid 28 for T Oscar. And eight dollars for Hunter Renfro. I don't know if I like that. I mean, it's fine. And then eight dollars for Taylor Rogers. I like that team. That's an interesting team to me. So I'm looking at this lobby, and I think we should do this, by the way. And that is a very interesting team. And I'm so hot on uh, Hunter Renfro. How do you do a two-hour auction? The NFBC. Like some of these are listed as one minute, and some are listed as two hours. Is yeah, that I didn't a slow, understand is that. A that. Slow auction. 
I no. have no idea. It's, I don't, it's a I don't draft think champions. so. It's a draft champions. It's a DC, which means it's draft champions, and draft champions are slow, right? I'm all in on this idea because it's just so much darn fun to get a guy and be like, wow, I got him at that price. And no, it, it's like, because then you're constant. I find drafts, they're fun when you're drafting, but I find them more anxiety filled because it's like, oh no, that guy's gone. I wanted that guy. And then when you get your guy, it's like, okay, I got him. Whereas with the auctions, like every, I'm in on every single player, every single player I'm interested in bidding on to see where the price is going to be. It's much more engaging. It's much more fun. It's so much more fun. It's like not even close, but it's hard because if you're playing in home leagues, it, it really does separate, you know, the wheat from the chaff. Is that what it is? I mean, it really separates the people who really know the game versus people who don't really know the game. And so it may be hard in non-expert leagues to do the auction. But if if you are listening to the show and you said, you know what, I've always wanted to do an auction, there's an availability for you. And it's $150. It's not cheap, but there's $150 out there and you get to play the game. I I, I think you should. It's a, it's a see if you can, you know, I mean, Tom should be Tom and they should be sending us a, you know, penny every time we get somebody to sign up. But <laughs> um yeah right talk to them about sponsorship you can be our sales guy Ian Khan right. sales guy yeah I got enough on my plate but but anyway I just think it's super haven't fun. I seen you on both bulls <laughs> yeah you have yes you have <laughs> yeah you have alright who's next so so Dalton Varsho uh, Nando all well, no, in well now I'm actually more interested in figuring out who Ian's boring guys are I, let's save this DH for next week because now I just want to go down ah. ADP and be like is this one of your boring guys is this one of your boring guys no let's not do that <laughs> I don't want to uh, do that Blake Snell Blake Snell is it? Blake Snell to me is not a boring guy. He he's he's too, uh, too diverse to be boring. Um, but there's upside at the right price. I mean, DVR, what's the price on Blake Snell for you in an auction? I got a number in my head, probably twelve bucks. Are we talking fifteen team? Fifteen mixed? team, yeah, that's what we're always talking. So fifteen team mixed NFBC style two catchers. Yeah, I'm probably probably losing when I top out at twelve on Blake Snell. Because yeah. everyone's going to want the extra K's that he usually brings, so he'll still go to fifteen or sixteen, if not a little more. I was saying thirteen in my head. Thirteen, yeah, same. I thought for, uh, someone could pay fourteen for him. I think someone could go as much as sixteen on him, but I wouldn't. Yeah, thirteen is is my top. Okay, D, okay, Nando, go ahead. Give 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 us one more. Oh yeah, I knew it. Stroke the guy's ego a little bit. Here we go. It's not Here's about the new that. show. It's just, new it's show. Interesting. The good news is that we have a rundown for next week. <laughs> And really the week after. That's basically been the whole show throughout its entire existence. <laughs> We've been doing this for a while. It, there, there is, there is, you know, there we go. Okay. So, There's always so, stuff written down. Always. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Someone went into our league and changed their team name to Book of Boba Shet. <laughs> That's awesome. But also, Nando, Nando, you actually posted a picture of this rundown on Twitter yesterday saying this is what we're going to talk about and oh, yeah, now we're not true. going to talk about that. So do give yourself one or two more, but then we should probably get back to the rundown. Well, at that point, you could do half a show. I think one of your, oh, I, we know Evaldi's one of your boring guys. And DVR, feel free to play this game too. Play along. And you, you've talked about Chris Taylor, so I'm going to knock those two out. How about Reese Hoskins? Is he boring to you? All he does is hit home runs. No one likes him. I don't like him. I'm 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 on the outside on Reese Hoskins. I'm missing something. I just see a bad batting average. Maybe an OBP. I'm, I should look up his OBP. I'm so. Uh, but DVR, you're smart. Why is Reese Hoskins? Why Why does everyone feel really good about grabbing him around 150? DVR got him. DVR got him in our league. Epic yeah. 133. DVR stretched for him. Whoa, wait, what league is this? Oh, our league, our league. Oh, oh okay, no, wait, I'm sorry. sorry, no, pick 155. I'm looking yeah, at that's about, yeah, that's about where he's yeah. going. That's where he should be going. So what what is about Reese that you're going, yeah, I like this dude? Park is obviously good for home runs. Power is the main thing you're going to get. Three out of the last four seasons, 240 average. You can live with a 240, and I think it's more like a 35 to 40 home run ceiling. That's still mm. in there. Doesn't strike out that much for a slugger. Average is low more because he hits so many fly balls. But that's what I want my my cheap power guys to do. I want them to hit a million fly mm-hmm. balls because good things happen when hitters like that put the ball into the air. So, uh, I mean, we're, we're looking at a, a pretty good real-life hitter that yeah. could sneakily provide, I don't know, top six, top seven first baseman value. And he goes quite a bit later. He's coming off that surgery abdominal surgery so maybe that's yeah. part of what's holding the that's price part of down. what's holding me back from it but i'm looking at something that's kind of exciting actually in 2019 he had 116 walks that's a lot of walks a lot of walks that's a lot of walks so if in an obp league that's kind of fun and i'm looking at i still think you know i still think that first base is a place for late value so I, especially in a draft, I'm not looking to grab him in that 150 area. There are too many other guys that I do want to grab. Maybe a second closer in that area, an outfielder, um, a starter, because I'm typically not dr- drafting starters high up. Um, but yeah, okay, I'm starting to I'm starting to smell a little bit better. Uh, again, so I'm, I'm not so trying to convince you to like him. I just no, like, no, in no my you brain, just brought up a guy. Yeah, yeah, you know, you brought up a guy. So what's the number on that then, DVR? What's the what's the dollar value amount there? I bet he costs like if you took the distribution of dollar values and you overlaid it in ADP, I bet Hoskins would go for a number in an actual auction more than his ADP. I think he's undervalued in snake drafts and he's more mm-hmm. likely to be appropriately valued in the auction setting. So I think a firm like fifteen sixteen on Hoskins. That's what I was gonna say. Fifteen sixteen. You're not you're not getting away you're not getting away with him at like 10 bucks or something like that. It's not going to happen. Certainly not after I look closer into those numbers. <laughs> That's what we're all about here. <laughs> He's not, I mean, we're not going to bring him up here, obviously, but I, I feel like the prototype for the Ian Boring guy is like Brett Gardner, maybe? No. Like, I'm just no. scanning for Brett Gardner types. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's guys who are going to play every day. It's guys who... He play, what do you mean? He played every day. Brett Gardner is not, does not qualify. Never not Brett Gardner. I mean, Brett Gardner six years ago. <laughs> yeah, Okay. <laughs> Who would that be? Like <laughs> Alex, Alex Verdugo? Yeah, Alex. No, I don't know. Verdugo's 
solid. He does everything. He's wrote, yeah, he's wrote a profile. He's not a star, but he just does everything. And he's also young. He could be a star, though. I think. Yeah, because he could grow. I mean, he had one of the greatest hit tools coming out of high school. He had some, I mean, if, if I'm, and I am remembering correctly, that when he was drafted by the Dodgers, drafted by the Dodgers, drafted by the A's? I'm not sure. Let me, I, I'm not, I'm, I think it was drafted by the Dodgers, um, like in the mid, like 30s, 40s. What they said about him was what this kid can just flat out hit. He can run a little bit. He can do a lot of other stuff, but boy, his hit tool is special. I was looking at him again. I was like, I, in fact, I reached out to somebody this week, um, Chris from Baseball Pods, I think it was, saying, hey, would you move Verdugo? Because I looked at it, I was like, he's 25 years old. He could just grow and grow and grow into a really special player. And uh, I, I like Verdugo. Uh, how high do you go on Verdugo, DVR? Mm, probably 12 or 13. We're talking five outfielders, 15-team league. Where yeah, that's right. Depth uh, don't maybe you repeat the whole rule list again, please. <laughs> no, but I did. Verdugo was on my AL labor team last year too, and I got him for I think I paid like eighteen dollars because in AL he he's pretty good, and in only leagues he's real solid, right? Because you're not you don't necessarily need the the extra, you just need the solid, super solid all the way around. Um, yeah, so yeah, let's go back to the rundown for a minute. Let's go back to the rundown. You want to talk about Clint Frazier? What's your thinking on Clint Frazier? Just he's gonna DH. I mean, Patrick Mooney, who, uh, oh, man, who was the pitcher he gave us last year at the end of the year who no one was talking about on the Cubs, and he hit the rotation for like six starts at the end, and he was really good. Hold on. He's on, he's on my Scott White Dynasty League team. Is that Justin Steele? Yes, Justin Steele. <laughs> TVR. All right. That's amazing. Uh, anyway, he gave us Justin Steele, so I kind of like to, like, I think maybe I want Clint Frazier to be the DH. Um, but Patrick Mooney in the story, and I don't want to go too far behind the the paywall. Um, like, you know, Schwindel wants a, a full season of bats and a subpar glove at first. Uh, Nico Horner will play second. Madrigal can get time at DH as well. Clint Flazier's a pure upside bet. Uh, and then Harold Ramirez can make sense. So it's not just a slam dunk for Clint Frazier, although I would love for that to happen. But I really thought, like, you give Clint Frazier everyday DH at bats, you get him farther away from that concussion that was really messing him up. Uh, you know, he was a top prospect. Get out of get him out of New York, where people call him a knucklehead, even though he's a really nice guy. Uh, I don't know. I just think he's, he's got big things ahead of him. I definitely think it's possible. Horner's not going to play second. He's going to play short. It's going to have to be. We well, said there are second. days Nico Horner plays will play second. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it looks oh, like I'm sorry. Our, if the Cubs add a strong defensive shortstop, there are days Nico Horner will play second. Sure, that makes that makes solid sense. It's an interesting team. I mean, they, they really are an interesting team. There was some talk about Rizzo going back to the Cubs this year, which uh, would be kind of interesting, too. Uh, but Clint Frazier, sure, there's there's upside there. There's definitely upside there for for redraft leagues and for dynasty leagues. He. Uh, he he's he's got a good eye at the plate too. I mean, he I don't know on the on the walk rate for him, but he uh, he who knows? I mean, he he could be he 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 was the fifth pick in the draft out of high school, and he was going to be a superstar, and he's coming to the a good age to do it. So, what was it about Nick Madrigal? Nick oh. Madrigal is so funny, man. No, Madrigal's girlfriend and Frazier's fiance are friends. Is that how oh. Clint Frazier chose yeah. to go to Chicago? There was a, yeah, a there friendship was, there. there. Yes. How one one Frazier, closer to some friends. How Clint wow. Frazier's fiance Kaylee Gambadaro factored into his Cubs decision. 
What on earth now? My fiance's best friend dates Nick Madrigal on the Cubs, Fraser said, who signed a one year 1.5. My fiance went to college in Loyola in Chicago. I mean, okay. Not a knucklehead move at all, man. That's pretty cool. I disagree. Kind of a knucklehead move right there. Or it's just a random extra story that has nothing to do with the Cubs making no, the I best offer. I could see it. I could totally see. The I new GM totally was my farm see. director in Cleveland, all the way from rookie ball to AAA. There you yeah. go. So that, 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 yeah, that, that's that, the real let's go reason. With that. Let's go with that. The, write the story on that. It won't get nearly as many clicks. That walk rate is pretty darn attractive. 14.7% is pretty darn attractive in an OBP league. Gambadaro, who announced her engagement to Frazier in July, celebrated the soon-to-be reunion with her BFF, Alyssa Sandgren, via Taylor Swift-filled TikTok. This is... Yeah, who just, cares? I mean, I, I just... It's just who cares about that. But but <laughs> Frazier's got a good bat. He's got a good eye. He's going to get opportunity in Chicago. He's definitely... Where is he going in ADP? Probably in the late 200s, early 300s, I'm going to guess. Yeah, he's not not pricey. Actually, he's the... Uh, of, of position players with... The last name Frazier, he goes later of the two. He goes later than Adam Frazier? Outside the top 400. No, really? I would buy that. I, I could see that. People don't like Clint Frazier, man. That's those knuckleheads talking about him, calling him a knucklehead. But I'll tell you, I, I would buy that. I would absolutely buy that. But you're not going to any, not with the DH now. He's going to shoot up 100 spots at least. Maybe, maybe, yeah. So what is the what is your dollar amount on Clint Frazier? 11. Yeah, you've got a 15 team mix league. Well, I mean, I'm not going to have to. I'm not going to jump bid 11. <laughs> Two or three. Like end game, yeah, was, end game, use no. the extra dollar if crazy, you like man. Kind of situation. No, I, I would actually go four. I would. I would go to four. I would. He's going to cost I, you six or seven. He's going to be full time mm. at bats with a DH now. Cool. Someone else will get him then. Yeah, but that's how I feel about Dalton Vershaw. There's definitely a chance that we look at it and we look back and we say, wow, geez, Nando is dead on right. And I, 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 I don't mind missing out on guys that I'm out on. I don't mind that at all. It, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean I can't be successful with my team if I miss on a guy that I don't take. It's worse that if I'm really high on a guy and I reach for him and I'm wrong, that's a problem. But if there's a guy out there that people are loving and I'm sort of like, yeah, that's not for me. And then he turns out being something special like Bobby Witt. I'm not going to pay for Bobby Witt. I'm just I'm not going to do it. There are too many there are too many variables that could Jared Kalanick him. And so someone else is going to take that risk and they're going to have the huge upside and they're going to have huge downside, too, if it doesn't work out. So it's just a play. You, know, you just got to decide where you want to put your risk. And where you want to now, I'm really sounding like Ariel Cohen, but like it's it really oh, is you, about you that. Doing it, there you go, doing this. Nah, voice. not right now. It's not. Oh, no, you come on. No, it's it, it has to be an organic feeling, and it just wasn't. It just wasn't <laughs> it's there. All, it's so organic every time you do it. <laughs> that's it's exactly, not, that's no, how just, I describe it. No, nah, it's just it's it's it, I'm not I'm not feeling it. But but I do I do think that you know for are you are you buying Bobby? You're not buying Bobby Witt DVR, right? Not in redraft. It, it's just wrong price. Like as exciting as he can be. <laughs> I could be wrong. He could be a second rounder next year, and whoever drafted him in the yes. fifth round this year is going to laugh in my face. But I think there are other yeah. players that go around then that could also be second or third rounders next year. So I think that's I think that should be what I should be looking at right now is what the NFBC just who in that exact area because it's the same area that Varsho is going these days, right? I mean, it's it's going in the same. You're right. I'm going through like 17 little things to get to the next thing. Um, but that's that that's the that's the question for me is who who am I giving up at that price that I'm you know that if I'm taking 
Bobby Witt Jr. Alec Manoa, I saw something on SP Streamer today um, on Twitter uh, where the, the, Michael does this thing where he lifts his, it's really clever and cool and I enjoy it every time I see one. And he was saying that Manoa had the lowest, um, what's that? What's that called? Uh, exit velocity for any line drives or fly balls in baseball. That got my attention. Like that really gets my attention. Does that surprise you to hear, Nando DVR? Go ahead, Nando. Not really. It surprises me. DVR. Does it surprise you? The lowest in baseball. But how much did he? How much? How long? How many? Uh, sorry. How many innings did he pitch? I actually pitched a pretty good amount of innings. Yeah, hundred and eleven. Yeah. Yeah, that's about what I would think. The home run rate wasn't so amazingly low that I, I wouldn't have guessed him. I just would have figured someone with a tiny home run rate would have been the league leader there. But I don't know what I'm doing with Benoa right now. I've been avoiding him. In fact, I was I was asked a question about him on Twitter that I was going to bring up later. And later's getting pretty later. Um asking and I said you trade oh, yeah, we're the, if we're the 37 minute mark if you're if you're if you're in a rebuild and you have Alec Manoa you trade him for a haul of uh hitting prospects that's what I would suggest to do um just because there's just so much risk with young pitchers there's just too much risk I want them off my team I do not want to build that way because there's nothing worse than a dynasty team with young pitchers and like three of them that you've heavily invested in have TJ you're t- you're five years away now, as opposed to two years away or a year away. So I'm not interested in the in the young pitchers. But for a redraft situation, would I consider him if I was going taking the the stance of not taking pitching in the first five rounds, which I then saw on Baseball HQ. <laughs> there's there's an article that I read this morning. I don't know who wrote it. I'm sorry, I don't have it off the top of my head. That basically said if you don't take a pitcher in the top five rounds, you cannot win your league. That's what it said in this article, that over the course of the last three years, there's been no one who has not taken a starter in the top five rounds that has won. And DVR, you and I and have what, been talking about- Is that for NFBC? Yeah, for NFBC. Yeah, but and, you can't trade in NFBC. Right. That's true. You can't. You cannot trade in NFBC. But even in NFBC right now, I, I'm not paying the, the high prices on pitching. And if I'm not paying the high prices on pitching and I'm getting saves, and I'm, if I'm getting steals and I'm getting my saves early- and I get down to that area where Frankie Montas is hanging out. Joe Musgrove is hanging out. Alec Manoa has been off my board out of fear for the division and out of fear for his age and all these other things and innings limits and stuff. I, I, I think I got to put him back on my list as someone who I'm, I'm somewhat interested in based on what SP Streamer said this morning. You know, I just went to look and see where Nate Pearson is. Because um, for me, it's always been Nate Pearson and not Alec Manoa. You know, he's right. four seventeen. But yeah. then there's like a clump of dudes in that four hundred to four twenty range who are just going to be gobbling up. I think I'm going to be in trouble in the four hundred to four twenty range trying to Why? get all these guys. Who? who? I mean, <laughs> uh, so four hundred one is Jose Bar- our guy Jose Barreo, yeah, um, right. who already has a Defino next to him. Jock Peterson a four hundred two. I wouldn't, especially with the DH. I would love. Hunter Green uh, is going to be all over him. He's a four hundred five. Please, you better considering you know he's your you know he's your pitcher in your in your draft. <laughs> yeah, so he's the face of my franchise. <laughs> he's the face of your franchise. I don't think I would, like if I'm going pitching light, I wouldn't mind taking a shot at Dylan Bundy at four hundred seven on Minnesota sure. now. Uh, even Christian uh, Christian Walker four hundred eight. I mean with the DH, that's a whole new thing. Jonah Heim, who's the official catcher of our show, 
who DVR loved last year at 409. 411 uh, is Jorge Mateo, I who I, th- I think we all kind of like. I love Jorge Mateo. Uh, 413. Actually, Ian, I can't remember if you liked Michael Taylor or Chris Taylor. I think it was Chris Taylor, right? I like Chris Taylor. Michael Taylor, I like him only because I think he's going to play. Um, I think he's going to get at bats. 415 is a DVR special, Keston Hira. 416 is Luke Weaver, who, I mean, just was hurt. Oh, 417 God. is Nate Pearson. I don't buy he's going to stay in the bullpen the whole year. 418 uh, is James Karinchak, who had a crazy fall from grace. 419 is Madison Bumgarner. No. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, a, I mean, that's a clump of talent right there, man. Well, yeah, I mean... I don't know if uh, I'm in that. Decent risks, decent risks. I guess, I guess. I mean, Pearson. I, I don't think Pearson's going to be out of the bullpen. I think he has never been healthy, never. And I think if they can, he's like AJ Puck at this point. It's like if you can, AJ Puck, who could be a closer, I think in Oakland. Um, but Nate Pearson, AJ Puck, you can't look to them for big innings. You just have to look to them as as relief options at this point, from my perspective. I don't know. I, I don't want to talk Pearson at all. I just don't All care. Right. You brought up I, Manoa. I mean, I think I feel like they go arm in arm, right? Well, Pearson, I mean, yeah, they go arm in arm. But that and that's the problem is like, you know, I remember two years ago, A.J. Puck was a top 200 pick for the upside. But young pitchers break. That's it. It's just young pitchers break. We just go back to that same thing. In fact, if I can. Um, well, I'd like to get no. back to the rundown. Yeah, go ahead, please. No, I'm joking. I'm kidding. I, I'm sorry. Go. Ian, finish your thought, please. The, I got this question from Joseph B um, on the Dynasty Ranks where I am still getting questions and I love getting questions and love giving answers and getting into arguments about different players. Um, I had this one really interesting. I think the guy's name was Noah and we kind of went back and forth on Kalanick and all these other things. Really fun. So I, I, I do look and I do enjoy uh, engaging there. So really a great article. Love the podcast. I took over a bad team before last season. And apologies to those who don't play Dynasty League. Sorry. Uh, we do talk about them quite a bit. Are you listening to a fantasy show in the middle of February? I, okay. I'm assuming there are a bunch of Dynasty Leaguers out here. I took over a bad team before last season. Um, another year or so from competing. So that's the key point. I have Manoa, Gilbert, Scooball, Molly, Josiah Gray, and Pearson. Would you flip most of these arms for bats to try and build up a monster lineup for the future? Any of you might hold a current value to see if they are part of my future success. This is what I wrote. I would move Manoa for a haul, Gilbert for a haul, hold on Scooball till he looks like a star, then move him for a haul. Gray and Pearson, hold them to let them build value. And Molly, I guess you hold. And if it's real, I would keep. Uh, and you want to be getting, you need a top 10 hitting prospect for Manoa. You would need Volpe. So here, here would be like what I would want from Manoa. And I think you could actually get, you would need to get like Volpe, Jordan Walker, and another top 50 guy like Francisco Alvarez or Tyler Soderstrom. That would be a haul. Good luck. And, and that's, if I'm a, what he's describing, if you could get Anthony Volpe, Jordan Walker, even just those two. But I think you can get another piece. Volpe, for a team that's competing, that has a strong system, you're also giving them a young pitcher, which is more tantalizing than true, in my opinion. Get the young bats because they're not going to be out for two years. It's just, if you're rebuilding, if you're building around Manoa and Gilbert and both of those guys get hurt, you're done. You're quitting the league. I mean, you're not quitting the league. Don't quit the leagues. But it's just not a smart build. DVR, what do you think? Totally makes sense to me. I don't. I have no, no qualms about that. I, I think it's so easy to fall in love with young pitching when you have it, but if you don't have that core of bats 
you really don't have nearly enough long-term value set up on your roster. I'm buoyed by Ian's uh, faith in Scooball turning it around because I've got a lot of Scooball and I like him. I just missed out on him in the the slow draft I'm in right now where I waited on pitching. I might have pushed the the hitting a little too hard at the last turn. I still needed a third baseman. The pool was running out. I took Eugenio Suarez going into the end, and then I got sniped on on Tarek Skubal. And I think if I had taken Skubal instead of Suarez, I would have been better off. Because if Suarez had gone, I could have backfilled with somebody else. I I think was that was Turner a still there. Was Turner Jake uh, Justin Turner still there when you picked Suarez? Nah, he was gone. It was down. I think Jamer. I think was still there. Oh, it's so Jamer, man. Yeah, I know you love him, and I I, I probably should have gone pitcher pitcher. I think that was the problem. I was well, so I was looking at Scubal last night, and I think the thing that I like about him is a big second half last year. He's been tinkering with the arsenal. He's got a big home run issue. At least he had a big one last year. But that's one of those skills, even though it's been a problem for him going back to the 2020 debut, that can change really quickly. I don't think a guy that misses that many bats is going to carry a two-plus homers per nine in the long run. That just doesn't happen. So even if he's a guy that has a home run problem, we're seeing an improved walk rate. We're getting plenty of Ks. He had surgery, I think, in college, which is part of the reason why he fell, the Tommy John surgery. But I Mm -hmm. think in terms of younger pitchers, He's actually a little more stable from a workload perspective than a lot of other pitchers that you're going to be looking at in that pick 170 to 200 range where he goes. So I could see him maybe being a guy that gets you 200 strikeouts, even if he's going to get you closer to like 175 innings this year. That's I mean, take the strikeouts, right? Who cares? Right. You're getting strikeouts. You're probably getting ratios that don't burn you. And there's a chance you get good ratios. Team's getting better. Win probability should be ticking up a little bit. But yeah, I mean, like the projections, the most optimistic projection, I think, is ATC, 410, 124 for the ratios. If you expect that, I think you're going to be fine. And I think you could maybe get like a 380 and a 120 for those numbers. That's even better. I assume people were down on him. Just the vibe, that's the vibe I've been getting. I think no, he's the, I, think, I so. think he's the young Tigers pitcher from a fantasy perspective that people yeah. are most confident in right now. They'll learn about Matt Manning. I lost a Matt Manning auction. Last night, the last minute. I'm looking at baseball savant at Alec Manoa. Holy smoke. That's really good. That's really good. Average exit velocity, 86%. X ERA, 82%. Barrel, 81%. Hard hit, 93%. XBA, 89%. Yikes. X slugging, 90%. I don't know. And I, I, I'll never forget his first start in Yankee Stadium uh, with his mom there. It was... It was kind of amazing, and he just he was dominant, and people weren't you know he was he was falling last year. People were getting him super duper late. So I you know I'm looking at him now versus I'm playing up Frankie Montas, and Montas doesn't look as good in comparison. He just doesn't look as good. He looks way better on the chase rate and on the fastball velocity. And the chase rate is huge with Frankie Montas. But who are you taking, Frankie Montas or Alec Manoa, DVR? It's pretty funny. I have them ranked next to each other. And I have yeah. a Manoa ranked one spot ahead right now. So I guess it's it's Manoa, but it's not a that's not a strong, yes, that's clearly the right answer sort of pick. Nando DeFino. I don't know. Man. Could I say I want to skip? I mean, in reality, I'd skip both of them and get someone else. 
Yeah, see, I would take them both. And the issue, but see, that's why I auctioned. Probably Montas. It would be Montas. I really do like Frankie Montas a lot, uh, but but the I don't know. I mean, I, I'm I'm my eyes are open to Alec Manoa in a totally different way now. But I would still uh, going back to the to the uh, question. I would definitely move him. Definitely move him. But I would use all this information to get to then go get Volpe, Walker, and Francisco Alvarez. It's a lot to ask, actually. I mean, you might not be able to pull all that off, but maybe Tyler Soderstrom. Uh, but a, a top 50 guy, but that that's a that's in that way. And now someone else. Um, gosh, I, I don't remember who this was. I'm sorry. I didn't put your name down. Can you remind us again about the dangers of trading too much in the dynasty league? Once you make one or two trades, it's difficult to stop looking for more moves, especially with the current CBA situation. Um, yes. Stop. Be smart. It's fun, <laughs> but. Don't fall into the Pringles trap. Once you pop, you can't stop. You got to stop because the, the the fun and enjoyment of making the trades can lead you to a place where you're giving too much to get that serotonin high. Not to speak from like a physiological standpoint, but that that's my uh, that's my real strong feeling about that. DVR, you have any thoughts about that? I think I've made that mistake before. As I think you're. You're more likely to make a mistake when you're you're dealing away players. You, you get impatient, I think. You get this idea like, oh, if I don't move these players now, they're going to get hurt and I'm never going to be able to trade them Like after you've made a couple of trades. And then that's when I think you can make some of the biggest mistakes. I think if you're going the other direction, you could still make a mistake, but it's less catastrophic by comparison. Yeah, just just be careful. Just be careful. Just take a look at your team every single time and make sure you're getting good value for your deal. Sell high, buy low. That's it. I mean, it's not that complicated. Try and also really examine your other teams that you're dealing with and figure out what they're looking for. You should be able to tell. One of the tricks, I've mentioned this before, but it's worth mentioning again right now. If I see a team make a trade, I'm going to try to get to them fast because I want them to fall into the serotonin trap. I want them to say, hey, this is fun. Yeah, let's see what we can do. And then I'm going to pop on that. You know, that's the that that that's and then, you know, over years, your dynasty team can get really, really good. And then you can just cruise and then you'll miss the days where you were making all the trades because now your team is just set. So enjoy the enjoy the time, but be smart about it. That's beautiful. I forgot that we started at 45. We really were. We hit an hour. Wow. Well, I hope you enjoyed it. I know, I know that we're not like every, like most other shows where it's like, here's your rundown. We're going to follow it. You can count on us getting to everything. That's not kind of how we roll. And, you know, there, uh, hopefully that's okay. We, we certainly enjoy uh, hanging out with each other and we hope you enjoy hanging out with us. And we thank you so much for downloading us and for listening and for rating and reviewing us and giving us a, give, giving your thoughts about the show. And hopefully you like it. That was beautiful. Let's just leave it at that. All right. For the man. All right. See you all later. You got it for the man. <laughs> I don't know. The show doesn't end that. until it's for the, for the man. man. Mike, <laughs> for the man. It might get cut, but you got to do it. I know. I was going to say, <laughs> I I got one for DVR. I don't know if I want to push the buttons, though. <laughs> all right, let's see what you got. Here we go. For the man who's going to drive to New Jersey to mail to Joe in Chicago before I get to the Bronx. Ian Probably not. Probably not. For the man who may or may not have edited out the Derek Van for your own legal protection. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you all later. We hope you had fun. 
Until next time. Bye. Bye. Good talk. Good talk. Thanks for not stealing my bits, Nando.